Welcome to the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Each week on the podcast, you'll hear stories and tactics from experts and influencers who will provide you with actionable steps to transform your business and your life. I'm your host, Larissa McClemon, and I help salon owners move from stress and overwhelm to lead a life of freedom and profit by implementing a strategic framework to grow and scale their business. So wherever you are in the world, I want to officially invite you to join me in this episode and make an important step in your journey towards more freedom and more profit. A lot of salon owners are afraid to make their marketing too specific or narrow down to their ideal client too much because they think they're going to damage the size, the possible size of their clientele. But did you know, in fact, the opposite is actually true. Niching down and really honing into your ideal perfect dream client through targeted social media and online marketing is actually the best way to attract more of the clients that you love into your business. Because when do you try to attract everyone, you actually end up attracting no one. No one pays attention. So in this episode, I'm chatting with Jessica Morrison. Now, Jessica is a digital branding expert, and today we're going to discuss how digital branding cons- consistently can help you attract the right client. Not just any client, the right clients, and repel the wrong clients. Do you know those clients that we don't want? I know you're going to love this one. Let's dive in and meet Jessica. Jessica, thank you so much for joining me on the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Very pleased to have you here. I'm so happy to be here. Now, you're so far, far away from where I am on the other side of the world. Uh, (laughs) Why don't you start by telling us where you are in the world? Uh, What do you do and how did you get to be doing it? I am a digital branding expert who lives on Cape Cod, which is on the East Coast in the state of Massachusetts. So I am also living in a coastal town. It's actually where I grew up. So I lived in New York City. I lived on the West Coast for a while, but eventually found my way back home. And I got to be a digital branding expert through working in the fields of business development, sales, and marketing. And after I had my children, I decided that I didn't want to work for anybody else anymore and I wanted to be my own boss. So I really found my calling in working in the digital sphere through lifestyle blogging and social media influencing and learning from a lot of the really huge companies that I worked with, how to take those tactics that they used and apply them to smaller business owners. Because many of the same things can be leveraged, you just need to tweak them for small business owners and specifically women. I prefer, and most of my clientele is women service-based business owners. Yeah, okay, cool. So I'm excited to have you talk to us uh, about uh, salon marketing, particularly in this uh, ever-increasing digital world. Um, and we're going to talk about some tips to help grow brand awareness, get more traffic, people clicking to your brand, and of course, make more money. So I'm excited. Let's dive in. Because um, one of the things that I, I see most often uh, that kind of derails small business salon owners in the first instance, before they even get to put up a picture or anything else, is being fearful of uh, getting really specific around who they're trying to attract. The most common uh, thing I hear people say to me is like, oh, but I don't cater to anyone in particular. I do all types of clients. I've got kids in my salon, I've got women in my salon, or this age and that age, all of the things. And, and there's a little bit of fear around getting really specific. So I know that how do you grow a brand if you can't be specific? So can we talk a little bit about uh, attracting who we're attracting into our business? 
Yeah, I think a lot of this has to deal with the scarcity mindset that we all have is that we're afraid to specialize because we're afraid that we're going to lose people and we're going to lose money if we focus on a specific population. And it doesn't mean that you won't serve the kids that come into your salon or some of the men. It just means that what you're trying to do is attract more of, for example, if I wanted to serve higher end <clears throat> female clients, if, I, if my brand appeals to them, I'm going to start naturally attracting more of that type of clientele. I can still take different people that come through the door, but I really want to make sure that the majority of the clientele are the ones that I'm actually trying to attract with my branding. So you can think of it, it's sort of repelling the people that might not be the best fit, and it doesn't mean that you don't serve them. It just means they're not the people you're, you're trying on a higher level to attract. And the more you specialize, the more you start really attracting those people because it's like a siren song. They're coming to you because you're speaking to them with the words they want to hear. You're showing them the imagery that they want to see, whether it's colors, fonts, you know, photos. They just are naturally drawn to your brand. And that's what we're trying to do here is to make your job easier because then you end up working with people that you want to work with and your ideal clients and not the people that you do not necessarily want to work with. Yeah, we're, we work for enough hours as, as it is. We want to be able to work with people that we love, enjoy spending our time with, and they're usually the people that we can make happiest. And I guess I can see that this is super important in branding specifically because the digital footprint is, you know, social media and website is how clients decide uh, whether or not they're going to come and visit you, right? So we've got to get that footprint right. Yeah, I, you know, I don't even know the latest statistic. It's somewhere like 86% or maybe 83% of people actually look up a business online before they will ever even set foot there. So this is why I always say to those salon owners who say, well, I don't really need a website. All my business is referral. People are still going to do their homework and they're going to check you out to see if you're legit. And a lot of times having that presence really legitimizes your business, whether it's legitimate or not. Some people will check it online to see that you're yeah. there. For sure, for sure. And it kind of validates what they've been thinking about doing. It might be the, the final nail that convinces them to take action and actually visit, right? Exactly. Okay, well, let's talk about some of the most common mistakes that uh, us, you know, as female entrepreneurs, what are the mistakes that we're making when it comes to digital branding? Like if this is our digital footprint and we want to attract the right people, what are the things that we shouldn't be doing or that we're failing to do at the moment? Um, I would say the first one is trying to be everywhere at once because it's really impossible. If you spread yourself too thin, you're just going to dilute your brand and you really want to hone in on going back to why specializing makes your job easier is you want to go where your people are. So we'll go back to, let's say I wanted to cater to an upper class female clientele, maybe they're middle age, or I'm even thinking, let's say 35 and up. I'm better served being on Facebook and Instagram there than I would ever be going on TikTok or Snapchat. You know, some people go out and they say, I have to have a presence on every possible social media platform. And that's just not where your people are. And you're, you get much more bang for your buck by going and meeting your people where they are. So find out where they are. You can ask them, you know, that's those conversations you have with your customers. Hey, where do you hang out online? You know, where did you find out about us? Spend your time there and also lack of consistency. And that is really one thing that I'm really passionate about is having a consistent brand. Because the whole idea of branding is to be consistent such that anytime I encounter your salon, I can say, I know I can put my finger on it and know that that social media post came from Salon X or I see an ad in my feed because that feel is the same and I know what to expect because I've seen that brand somewhere else. And people need to see it over and over and over again so they start to like, know, and trust that brand. 
and then they become a repeat customer of yours. So consistency really is a huge, huge issue, issue that, you know, you may have a brand, you may have redone your website, but you didn't carry that through to your social media, to your email list, to all those things that work together to make it just a continuous circle and a reliable experience for your customer. Okay, so we're talking about consistency of the look, the feel, the font, the language, the images, uh, website, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, if you're hanging out there. Um, <laughs> but actually, you're also uh, suggesting the front of the salon, inside of the salon, uh, the look of the salon, the look of your team, maybe. This actually needs to be congruent. Exactly. And when you look at big brands, it's really easy to see this. When you go into a Starbucks, what are all the people wearing? They're wearing a green apron. You know, the, the store is set up in a similar way. You know where to go to get your beverage. Your beverage has your name on it. It has the certain cup. And people sometimes feel this need. And I think especially creative people, we want to stand out and be different. And that's okay because we can still do that, but keep that consistent throughout our salon. People feel attracted to that comfortable feeling. We go places where we feel comfortable. And I think, you know, using Starbucks as an example, they did a great job with it, trying to be, you know, a place, a home away from home. And that's the kind of feeling they engender there. And I think a salon is similar. I mean, where do women go often? And for me, I go every seven weeks. It is a home away from home for me. It's a place where I go to relax. I know everybody there and I know what to expect. So the more that you can make that predictable for them and bring in those pops of color that you might have in your branding into the decor of your salon, just the way the tone, the, the language that you use, all those things, you sometimes don't realize how significant they are to the customer who walks through your door. Yeah, because if you're lucky, uh, you are, you know, you're a, an example of your brand and you can emulate that. But actually, for the most part, it actually needs to be intentional rather than just uh, a little bit of luck that the people around you like the way that you do things. I want to say, I want to speak to that uh, because of this happens a lot in the hair industry is that we have a lot of creative entrepreneurs and we see ourselves as artists or create creatives, um, particularly in the hair industry. And I want to talk about the sort of resistance to um, having a consistent look and feel and been feeling regimented inside of that and maybe suggest that consistency doesn't have to be cookie cutter. It just has to be consistent. So exactly. we don't have to all wear green aprons and, and that we look presented in a green apron style, but maybe there is a style in this look that's a little bit more subtly identified, but you're consistent to that. Exactly. It's just by no means squelching your creativity and your passion and being a creative myself, you know, I, I definitely feel that. I think sometimes too, we have to think of our customers and I think creative sometimes it's hard for us because we're so used to changing things all the time that we forget how our customers are not used to that. I mean, if you think about how hard it can be to get somebody to change their hairstyle that they've had forever, right? For them, that's a comfort thing. So you have to be intentional going back to what you said before about what you're doing, but People just really like that knowing what to expect and how to kind of guide them along that process. So definitely. I always feel that, you know, predictability actually is, um, actually builds confidence in a brand. It's like, if mm -hmm. I can predict what's going to happen and I know, and it's the same all of the time, that that repetition is actually building the brand experience in actual fact. And that is completely 
the opposite to how creative entrepreneurs want to live. We get, we get bored of our stuff before the customer does. The customer wants it to be the same and we're like, oh, let's have shiny new objects and some different colors today. Cause I'm so sick of that color. I've had it for three years now. <laughs> so what we're really saying, Jessica, is stop, hold the line. Find something else to change. And think Find something of your else to change. <laughs> Yeah, I think we for you know we have to constantly and just going back to that avatar, if you want to say like a customer, your ideal customer. You think of them as a person, and what it helps you when you check some of those ideas when you're thinking about making a wild change. Just think, think of that person sitting in the chair. Would they be okay with this? Are they going to be confused if I change these things? You know, we have to sometimes take a step back and realize, as you just said, we're creatives and we know we like to change things all the time and spice things up but we have that awareness that our customers are not always the same way. So we can still be true to ourselves while being true to our brand at the same time and giving it fun, playful nature and changing it. hundred percent. And I think actually just sort of coming away from uh, brand recognition, but this also is kind of brand internal brand, even with your team. And um, I want to talk about language a little bit. It's the same for your customer, but also same for your team. Do you know, like we have, uh, for example, multiple ways that we could call one thing. Do you know, one thing might be, um, I'm going to just, something that comes to mind is a, a, a duvet or a doona or a, what do you even call it in the States? A blanket, uh, you know. Yeah, like a duvet. You have duvets, yeah. You have duvet cover in the duvet. In your bed right. spread. Some people call them different things. So. Yeah, that's right. But it's actually the same thing. And so what I see often is that, you know, uh, on the price list, it will be a duvet. Um, on um, the website, it's a doona and somewhere else. But in our mind, when we're making the thing, we're just writing the word that comes into our mind. It's interchangeable. But this is the most confusing thing in the whole wide world. It's such a little thing. And we know, it doesn't matter which way you call it, it's the same thing. But actually, our team and our customers don't. And it mm -hmm. confuses the heck out of them. And I even had this, uh, the same challenge inside of my own team. The little things like language, one word can just throw my whole team into disarray when I call it one thing one day and something else the other day. I'm like, no, 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 I just mean the same thing. Well, I didn't know that. <laughs> so yeah. we are sort of the creators of so much confusion with our customers and, uh, and our team even when we just don't take the time to be consistent on the little things, on our messaging, our personal messaging. Yeah, and I think it's weaving that into your salon, whether it's how you greet people when they come to the front desk to check in for their appointment. What do you do? Do you take their belongings? Do you give them all these things that going back to these were creatures of habit? That's a very comforting thing for somebody mm -hmm. is to know, no matter who might be taking me, you know, to get my hair washed that day, everything's the same and I feel like I'm well taken care of. And this helps when there's turnover in your salon or different things too. If you have processes and the way you do things are branded that way it makes it much easier for people to deal with that change when you do have it because you're keeping some things the same. 100%. Uh, but it must start with our digital footprint because this is like, the, this is the beginning of the journey. If we don't have a good digital footprint uh, and a consistent experience, we don't get the customers in, which then can't enjoy the consistent service experience. <laughs> so uh, the digital footprint is most important. And they refer okay. you so that's the other thing is, you know, you want to have that digital footprint. So when they come in and have the amazing experience at your salon, that they can share it on Facebook, on Instagram, that, you know, you're, you're putting what you want out there and what you want them sharing. So you're guiding what they're going to be sharing about their experience, which can be really powerful. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, okay. Very good. 
we have talked about uh, attracting the right clients, getting really clear around that and uh, feeling really confident in repelling the wrong people and being strong around that. Uh, we've talked about some of the most common mistakes that we as uh, female entrepreneurs, business owners make around digital branding, experience branding. Uh, is there anything else that, uh, that we've missed that's really important that we need to pass on today? I think we really hit all of the high notes. I, I would going back to that just consistency and making sure it's all working together. So I always say to people, you know, take some time when you have your downtime in your business, which I know for some people is not very often, but try to just, if you even can, is do go through the experience of going, go to your, have, go to your own website and check it out. Yeah. Think about what you would do as you were a potential client. Google yourself or your salon, go through the process of booking an appointment or you know, checking out a social media feed and think about how you would intuitively go through that and really get a sense of what that process looks like and find out where you can improve it. And you can even ask, you, know, you can list some of your favorite customers where we all have our favorite loyal customers to just say, you know, what is it that stands out for us? Or if you were to do that, you know, go to our feeds, like what would you expect to see? We have a wealth of information to check that branding and really drill down to what we're all about with the people that come through our doors all the time. So. Just make sure that you're giving them a consistent experience so they don't end up confused, wondering if they're in the right place, or just not feeling comfortable because things are changing too much. Yeah, I think that's really important because we are so much in our own goldfish bowl. It really is hard to hop into the mind of the client and experience it uh, in a different way. Okay, well, you're a business owner also yourself. So uh, what is a, a quote or a mantra to something that you really live by that you can share with us? One that has been resonating with me so much now is just because you can does not mean you should. And I feel like it applies in my field and so many other people's fields that I think as entrepreneurs, we have this idea that we can do everything because we are super women. But because we can do it doesn't mean we should. It does not mean it's the best use of our time. It doesn't mean that we'd be better served whether outsourcing something at home, outsourcing something at work. It's okay to let go of that. And, you know, it'll ease you up to be in your zone of genius and do more of what you're really, really good at. Yeah, I love that. That's uh, having the discipline to say no to shiny objects. Yep. <laughs> right, shiny objects. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, okay. Uh, all right. What about uh, a business resource, a book or a podcast or something that you've engaged in recently that is a must for salon owners? Here in the States, uh, I listen to the Biz Chicks podcast a lot. Uh, they cater to female service-based business owners. So for me, that's been a great idea to learn about all different types of things. And for me to also get inside the head of some of my customers too, it's really a great way for me to Kind of put my finger on the pulse to learn some things myself, but also to learn from other people who might potentially be clients. Amazing. Uh, another resource that I just jumped on before we uh, hopped onto this podcast was your uh, digital brand style quiz. So um, maybe we should link that up too, because that was super fun. I thought it was pretty on point, actually. Uh, I was happy with my result. <laughs> uh, I'm a yeah. luxe and elegant. I'm very happy with that. Thank you very much. Uh, and I thought that was a really good way or a good place to start if you're sort of feeling or noticing that you're not consistent in your whole branding and you want to create uh, a branding style guide or, or get some head start to doing that. So let me link that up and you can uh, dive into that. It's a little bit of fun, but super useful at the same time. So, um, so thanks for that. Who doesn't love right, it? 
<laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. So you better tell us, like, where can we find you? What's your dub dub uh, and your socials so we can stalk you and get our hands on that quiz? You can find me on my website at www.seasidedigitaldesign.com. You can find me on Instagram at Seaside Digital Design and also on Facebook under the same moniker and uh, Pinterest. I absolutely love Pinterest because as a fellow creative, I'm sure you can relate to me seeing bright colors and saving fonts. I love to be on Pinterest. So you can find a lot of inspiration once you take your quiz to go onto Pinterest and you'll see that I have boards organized by your digital branding style. So you can get some great inspiration there as well. Amazing. Heaps of fun. All right, Jessica, thank you so much for weathering a storm to come and uh, hang out with me today. <laughs> it was a bit touch and go there, um, uh, but I do appreciate your time. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Awesome. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much, Jessica. I truly do appreciate you joining me today. I absolutely loved everything that we chatted about. So on point with the conversations I'm having with salon owners on a daily basis right now. Hey, so I wanted to make sure that I mentioned though, I created something just for you and it's a freebie. Six ways to make more money from the clients you already have. I put this, this guide together and I put it together for you because I know a lot of salons are struggling with sales at the moment, making more and client retention right now. So this is a goodie. I share my top tips uh, about how to exponentially grow your business. These are my best strategies on how to make more money from the clients you already have. So I'm going to leave a link in the show notes uh, of this podcast so you can grab this one. It's free. You're going to love it. I enjoyed making it. Uh, see you next week. Same time, same place. Look forward to hanging out with you then. Ciao for now. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the podcast. Tune in every week as I reveal the latest insights and advice on what it takes to truly master your inner salon CEO and master your salon success. Subscribe to the Salon Owners Collective podcast on iTunes or Spotify or visit us online at www.salonownerscollective.com. But make sure to join me in my Facebook group for answers to common questions and much, much more. Thanks for listening and I look forward to tuning in with you again next week.